If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast and sign up. From the rewatch to the Q&A, we will have loads of content every week. So sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. And now, here's the podcast. Graham McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of severemma.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 325 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheen, aka the Pod God, aka a great voice for the sport. Joined today by the um, Marcelo Bielsa of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald, as we talk about an absolutely massive week in the world of Irish MMA. We were ran off our feet all week. I was above in Dublin for the week. A great week for uh, for Severe MMA and, and all of us and a brilliant team. For, before we do anything, shout out to all the Severe MMA team. A fantastic effort when no one else was doing anything. We stepped up to the mark and we did a fucking great thing. So patting our backs, in fairness, um, Ian, Andy, Harry, Jake, Quilsha, yourself, Graham. I'll even pat myself on the back. I'm sure I'm missing out someone, but we, we did... A, uh, it was a fantastic job from the Severe May crew this week All the lads uh, A big shout out to them So if you're not following them or anything like that Not supporting them, please do And you know you can sign up for the Patreon as well If you want to help us out But those lads uh, did a fantastic job this week And um, we get into uh, we get into Bellator and all that But I have to start it off by saying that Because those uh, those lads, from from our point of view, deserve it And a lot of the fighters absolutely deserve it as well And, and we will uh, we will praise them massively in a second But we before we do that, we must give out a, sh- a shout out to one of our biggest supporters And that's Manscaped And spring has sprung And our friends at Manscaped are the best tools for some spring cleaning in your pants Trust me, your confidence will be blooming like flowers this upcoming spring Time to clear out that winter bush and join the 4 million men who trust Manscaped Use the code SEVEREMMA to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com Actually, someone came up to me in the middle of Bellator and he goes Do you know what I love you about you? Sean, you're of Manscaped reads. <laughs> I was like, all right, fair enough. It's, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it. But uh, Manscaped are global lead leaders in men's below the waist grooming and have forever changed the game with their amazing performance package 4.0. In that, you'll get the lawnmower 4.0, the weed whacker, where uh, you can trim your nose and ear hair, the uh, crop preserver and the crop reviver as well, um, with the boxer briefs and the travel bag, which I used. Do you know what? I actually used it for uh, some of my equipment. This um, That sounds wrong. <laughs> some of my um, technical equipment uh, this weekend above at Bellator and it was absolutely fantastic for that as well but you can throw your um, you know your deodorant and all of that stuff into it but first of all the lawnmower 4.0 is a pube assassin that is waterproof and equipped with an LED light um, so it's uh, it's absolutely fantastic you can use it in the shower um, it is designed to trim hair on loose skin although your balls may not look like punching bags don't tre- may look like punching bags don't treat them like that uh, and you can benefit from their proprietary skin safe technology uh, have you ever met someone who finds nose hairs attractive well the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology which helps reduce nicks snags and tugs in those delicate ear and nose 
holes. Uh, the crop preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturiser. It's starting to get hot outside, so this is crucial to stop your ball sticking to your leg. Uh, you'll also find a crop reviver spray on toner uh, for your balls, uh, which will keep you smelling fresh down there, just like spring flowers. Complete the grooming game this spring with the new refined cologne, signature scent by Manscaped. This stuff is legit and will have you smelling like royalty. And if you purchase now, you will receive two free gifts. The performance boxer briefs, shed travel bag, um... Sorry, the performance boxer briefs and the shade travel bag. Smell and feel good this spring. So go to manscaped.com. You get 20% off with free shipping by using the promo code SEVEREMMA. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code SEVEREMMA. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. Right, Graham? Let's get straight into it here. Bellator 275, a big week. Um, before before we get into the fights and all, yeah. um, how big is your head now after after uh, Friday night? Well, lots of people are telling me I have a big head after watching the video. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean it like that, I but know, yeah. I know, I know what you mean. Ego-wise. Uh, Ego-wise, <laughs> yeah. It's cool. In fairness, the, the, there's been... Um, I've got mostly compliments for it, so like good questions and stuff. Like, as you know, um, when uh, when you're uh, working with Conor McGregor, things are very, very quick, and you don't have much time to think about it, so literally, how much how much notice that I have Graham 30 seconds uh yeah <laughs> do you grab the unplug one of the mics grab the tripod and the <laughs> yeah. yeah and then everybody sort of rush in like and make it a scrum even though uh, we're trying to end up trying to do an interview and it was a bit messy but we got it done we got it done that was uh that was the most important part of it so yeah, we got it done um yeah it was uh, it was pretty good I, I I enjoyed it like I it's funny because look the information you want to get out about if you're talking to Conor McGregor is when's he going to be back because he's been injured and I feel like kind of I got that from him who does he want to fight what weight class does he want to fight at he kind of said he wants to fight for the title at 155 so I got you know that kind of came out of him and then I asked him kind of a question I wanted to know myself in terms of like what does he kind of regret getting away from MMA for a while? And he kind of said yes and no, which is, I suppose, the answer you would expect because you know he got away from MMA because he went and fought Floyd. But the, he he kind of said he has something to prove, but has nothing to prove at the same time, which is which is a fair enough kind of thing to say, I suppose. So yeah, all in all, I was I was pretty happy with it, and uh, yeah, I think uh, you know over two hundred thousand people have watched it so far. So. You know, I, and it's, it's in the great as well. Like, I, I know he gave me, like, props and stuff, but it's fair play to him for making time for Severe Man and talking to us down through the years. You know, he's the biggest star in the history of the sport. So, you know, some people get fucking two fights in cage wires and they won't talk to us anymore. So, <laughs> this, uh, it'll tell you as well. What, uh, if you are that big of a star, you, you don't need you know, ESPN, or you don't need RT or BBC or whatever. Severe MMA are here for you. And I say it all the time, you know, people are always saying, oh, why didn't MMA get, like, mainstream attention and stuff? We don't need it, like, we don't need And this interview has proved, proved it more than anything else. And it's not just because I'm doing it. Like, Andrew has interviewed him before, and you have, and they've done big numbers on Severe MMA and gone all over the place. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it was, it, it was kind of a point proven for uh, us uh, covering the sport, but also for anyone who wants to cover the sport like if, if this was another outlet I'd, I'd be saying the same thing you know so I was uh, I, I thought that was good I thought that was a, a problem what, what did you think of it overall did you, you were you were videoing it and trying to keep everyone away and Andy was like pulling people back and so I didn't see any of that I was very much concentrated on the conversation and talking to him I didn't even like see the people trying to barge in or anything what, what, was that a bad yeah, scene I thought, it was, I thought it, was a, it was a bit you know disrespectful when somebody's trying to do it like if Ariel was doing an interview with anybody or whatever I don't think they try to like people would try to rush in like that and make it a scrum when it's clearly that's not what it is 
but you know these things happen in America. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, we, we'll talk more, obviously, about maybe that interview and about uh, about Conor McGregor later on because you know news came from it, so we, we should definitely talk about that news. Uh, but we'll we'll get to the the fights and and the main part of it, I suppose, of our week was was covering Bellator. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the fantastic fight week that it was. The fight night itself maybe didn't turn out to be the most exciting fight night in the world. Uh, but all in all, I thought it was very good. Do you know what I found? Uh, it, it, you know, sometimes we look at these fighters from the outside, and even we do it when we're we're maybe closer to them than, than you know, obviously, you know, the fans are because we talk to them a lot and, and we're at events and we see them and we interview them and stuff. You'd, you'd always forget sometimes these are just like normal human beings as well. And one moment really kind of from the week stood out to me. In, in it wasn't necessarily a, a negative, but it was after the um after the the Sinead Kavanaugh fight. I think actually I think it was after the main event even. I was backstage and we were waiting for either Sinead to come out or Gegard to come out. And then uh, the Bellator PR guy came up to me and he said, um, "Sinead has been taken to hospital. Obviously she hurt her knee in the fight. We'll get to that fight in a second, but um." And I was like, okay, you know, we won't be doing an interview with Sinead. We'll just wait for Gegard and we'll wait for Scott Coker as well. And then Sinead's son, uh, Leon, came in. He's a lovely a lovely lad. I think he's maybe 15 or 16 or something. Sorry now if I got it wrong. And uh, he, I was kind of talking to him for a second about the fight and stuff. And he said, oh, have you seen her? Is she around? And I was like, oh, no, she was taken to hospital. And you could see it in his face. And I didn't realize what I had said. You know, after telling someone their mother's after yeah, being taken to hospital, yeah, it's just a normal thing. Our fighter taken to hospital, yeah. uh, it's just desensitized now at this stage. Yeah, and I felt so bad, but he he was all right and everything. And then you know, she was back within I'd say an hour maybe. I met her actually later on to Gibson, so it was all fine and well and good. And he was there, and he he wasn't. I wouldn't say you know he wasn't badly upset or anything. But you know, if someone told you uh, you know your mother was taken to hospital or your father was taken to hospital, you you know. But I just didn't think of it. It was weird, and I think that moment there was a few moments throughout the week that kind of out to me that when you're near fights I often talk about you know James Gallagher when you see him around with his parents you know his parents are even there and he wasn't there this week they're just lovely people and you you know you have a little bit of a different thought about people and I've always had great respect for Sinead Kevin and Liam McCourt as well we'll get to all of them but that moment just really stuck out to me from this week. It's like, God, these these are people too, you know. These and we we must we must think about it a lot more. Obviously, you know, if if Sinead Kavanaugh goes out there and you know she has a terrible performance, look, we'll have to say that too because that's our job, absolutely. But uh, I, I don't know that that moment just really kind of stuck out to me. And there's a few nice ones. I thought like Lee Hammond really stuck out for me uh, from this week. He was very respectful to everyone. I thought he spoke well, and you know, uh, lo- lots of people did. Derek Ellie as well. Some of the new up and comers, but we, obviously we, we will get to them. But um, yeah, I thought it was a good week. You know, uh, for for in terms of that, in terms of the interviews and everything. You know, you were obviously kind of producing Graham with the rest of the lads as well before the fights even started. You know, obviously. I, I was kind of given out about it and I will continue to give out about it that we were like basically the only ones to show up before you know your free ticket on, on Friday night um, but I'm I'm so glad we did because a lot of stuff came out like Brian Moore talking about kind of his his uh, and I know Andy had talked to him about it as well but he, he was saying it just before this fight about uh, the mentality after the last fight and uh, Kieran Clark talking about Drahada and what it means to him. And not even Brian talking about Ireland and what it means to him. And Gegard gave a hilarious interview. And he talked about Andrew, boxing Anderson Silva and all. You know, we even broke that now before uh, before Ariel did. <laughs> Fair play. But, uh, you know, if we weren't there, there'd be no, it wouldn't be heard. And I think that's important. Well, uh, like I was kind of at home um, putting up the videos and you were kind of on the ground. So you probably had a better sense of it. But yeah, I think, as you said, it was basically just you and the... You and the Bellator crew in the room for the weigh-ins and stuff, and a lot of people come on fight night. And I think you know they should be 
a little bit more strict on who's there. Like there was a couple of guys behind us just sitting on, on seats and media in the media space, just like having drinks and coffee cups, like having alcoholic drinks and coffee cups. So, you know, I think they could be a little bit more strict than that, but you know, that's not, that's not a, not a big problem, but uh, it'd be nice if, it, if a bit more media f- um, were there to follow it like before, but you know, we'll always be there and you did a great job and all the, all the lads, as you mentioned at the start of the podcast have been doing a great job, not just for Bellator, but over the last, you know, number of weeks and months, uh, covering Irish MMA in general so yeah I think you know uh, it's important somebody's there uh, even if it's just us it's enough I think you know to get these stories out as, as you mentioned there's a there's a lot of interesting stories for these for these uh, MMA fighters that you know might go under the radar if if, uh, if it's just um, you know uh, media questions over Zoom with people who don't really know the questions to ask yeah 100% and I, I think it's important as well you know have local people asking the, the questions so like if it's over in Canada they would probably know that the Canadian fighters better than we would if it's in Ireland obviously the Irish fighter so I think that is very Absolutely, very important yeah. you know so it's uh, you know we, we could complain I'd probably complain on the Q&A and stuff but uh, it's it's sad to see like the level of coverage from and I don't care about um, the RTs and all of that shit uh, you know, not turning up oh, or, that's a, or FM. That's one important too, though. You know, to get into the public consciousness. It's not, it's not long it's, ago. It's, it's not long it's ago that we. Not. It's people. People overestimate that some amount. I actually think it's more important to have a, people actually covering the sport, like at, at a deeper level, talking about the sport day in day out. And we have very few of them now in Ireland. Before we had podcasts coming out of our fucking left ear, right ear, nose. Everywhere and now we've very few, almost no one, and that's that's sad to see. Like obviously we, you know, severe may still doing well. We still have the the good guys. We're doing better than ever, but like, you know, and, and people might think, and you know, we we don't want anyone else, and we, we want it all to be about us. But I think it's great to have loads of different people and loads of different voices and people turning up and you have a chat with them afterwards. Like I remember even the first time I met Jake when he came over uh, from uh, from the UK, and I was talking to him for about a couple of hours afterwards with a group of people. I was like, "Geez, he's a great guy. He talks about MMA very well." And, like we, I haven't met anyone like that in a, in a good while, and this time there was no one there to even meet like that, you know. And uh, yeah, anyway, that that's maybe a bit of an inside media part of it. And I complained about that the last time, and it was even worse this time. It was literally guys who'd never watched an MMA fight turn up to get their fucking free tickets this time, as you said, drinking beers on press row and everything. It was, it was embarrassing stuff for a, a lot of it. Like literally, people just turn up, sat with their laptop, and fucked off home at the end of it, and and other lads just getting in the way of actual questions being asked and stuff in the in the scrum so yeah well it wasn't a great night for media to be honest it was it was pretty embarrassing i thought in, in terms of the week now and that's nothing got to do with bellator bellator did a great job their pr uh colin and, and the dannys and alex and all they did a fantastic job for me they were they were great for me all week so f- absolute massive shout out to to, to them but uh yeah it's the media ourselves that was not us yeah. specific, specific maybe maybe you know part of it is could be that the media the bigger kind of legacy media or whatever you want to call them are kind of looking at since the pandemic and having to not not actually having boots on the ground and they're probably doing the similar numbers and they're just like is it worth sending people anymore when we can kind of what about like the cover, cover it from afar and we don't you know they're only surface level covering it anyway so I'm amazed that MMA Junkie or someone didn't have one. Like, they've they've lads in the UK. Why couldn't they send them over? I hadn't even really thought about that, but I I, I don't know. I feel like, where are the people starting their own Facebook pages, you know, trying to cover MMA, trying to write a few articles or, like, you know, knocking our door down, trying to become MMA members? Like, I feel like that doesn't exist anymore. I remember I used to get one of them, and you used to get them as well. We used to get them, like, twice a week. 
I haven't got one in ages. Yeah, that was like the explosion. I suppose everybody was trying to <laughs> yeah. jump on board and yeah. it's kind of died down. And it's funny, there's still and there's still the same amount of people watching the sport and you know, listening to this podcast and more even uh, than, than there ever has been. And we saw that the crowd were, were boisterous on Friday night. I think a lot of people were kind of worried about what kind of crowd would turn up, but it was massive. It was very good. The place was 99% full. So, look, this is probably not the way to start the podcast. But anyway, we, we, we'll get into the we'll get into the fights and get into the, the fight week and everything like that. Let's start off with Lee we Hammond. Get the moaning out of the way. Get the moaning out of the way. I, I didn't want to do too much moaning, but I had to. And it's not moaning about the fight. It's moaning about our, our people on our side of the uh, our side of the cage. So it's you know if we're moaning about ourselves more than anything else. Um, Lee Hammond. Let's let's start talking about Lee Hammond because I was so impressed with Lee throughout the week. Um, I was even talking to him after the wins, and he was like, um, "I was, uh, I came up to him, I was kind of asking, is he going to take the fight because his opponent missed weight?" And he's like, oh, "I was listening to your commentary on the wins and the win." I was like, "Okay, but like, are you are you taking this fight?" And then your man came up to him, Jamie here, and Lee was like, oh, "I'll see you tomorrow." And then Jamie walked away, and he came back, and he's like, "Sorry, I missed weight by eight pounds." And Lee was kind of like, "All right, <laughs> he just didn't seem to give one shit at all. He was completely concentrated himself on the fight, and I." Love to see that, and you know, he had Keen Coley with him, who was very much, uh, you know, no bullshit out of Keen. Um, and it's great to see Keen be coming back as well very, very soon uh, to fight as well. You know, he hasn't had the best start to his pro career, but I, I still think there's a, a very good MMA fighter in Keen. I'm looking forward to see him uh, coming back and seeing the adjustments he has made. But you know, uh, for Lee, he looks to get to the fight, and you know, even in, in the uh, press conference before and after, he spoke very well. And obviously, he's very new to this big stage. I suppose he's been around MMA for a long time, and it'll take time to get even better and better. Yeah, hasn't sure really, he will. hasn't really done much media, you know, for a guy yeah. who's been around a long time. He kind of shies away from it a little bit, but he seemed like a natural at it. He was very, very good. I thought, he, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. And you know where else he seemed a natural when he got into that cage? He looked very good again. Uh, yeah. he, he hit him with that knee, and he hit him with a, with a couple of shots, and. You know, it's it's kind of tough for us to see the fights because we're you know setting up our equipment and we're watching from cage. Cage is the worst place to watch a fight as well, especially oh, when you're back in media. People walking past all the time, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. But I, I I was we were the two of us were sitting together and there was a few more people around and you could see when Jamie Hay kind of went for that leg lock or tried to kind of play jujitsu with Lee on the ground. It was like, well, that's probably not the best idea to be doing against Lee Hammond, who looked you know great on the feet as as long as it was there. The fight didn't go on too long. But it it was just it was one of those ones, right? Where the, his first fight, he came out and he was like slipping and sliding all over the place in in a very positive manner. Now uh, I might say, you know, it looked so slick on the feet. He just looked natural, you know. Uh, I, really I'm, comfortable, yeah, yeah, really comfortable. And this was more of like a. It, it wasn't a dog fight necessarily, but it was more of like a scrappy fight in terms of like if you ever see a soccer player, right? They, they score a goal from 30 yards. That's all well and good. But scoring the ones that, you know, it's a tap-in from two yards when there's 17 people lying on the ground in front of you. Those are as important. And not necess- this wasn't necessarily that. But Jamie Hay came in, and he might be the best fighter in the world, but he tried to make it scrappy. He tried to get in there, and he tried to, you know, to, to make it dirty on Lee. But Lee didn't care. Like, he was, I, I thought in every area he was comfortable. He looked like he was going to put Jamie Hay in danger in every area. He hit him with that knee. When the fight went to the ground, he looked like he was going to catch him in a submission at any second. On the feet, he looked like he was going to hurt him at all seconds. What it was the perfect display from Lee Hammond in a fight that a lot of people mightn't have been perfect in. Is that the way you kind of saw it too? I know, I know, it was difficult to kind of see it from where we were, but it was it was another great display from Lee Hammond in a different sort of way. 
Yeah, he looked. He, he just looked like he, he was much more experienced than he was. He looked really comfortable in there. You know, this is his first uh, pro fight in Bellator, and a big, big stage for him. You know, a lot of pressure could have been could have been on him. Like you know, it, you can take it both ways. Uh, you know, he, he he could have crumbled under that, but he seemed to rise to the occasion. He just looked. He just looked like he he was really comfortable there. He looked like he'd been in many a Bellator fight in front of his own crowd and. You know, Jamie Hay, as you said, he kind of put it up to him as much as he could, but he he was just outclassed everywhere. Um, you know, he was getting beaten on the feet. It didn't it wasn't didn't go too long there, but he, as you said, once it went to the ground, he's probably thinking, "Oh, this isn't going well. Let me take it to the ground and see what see what happens there." But people like me and you, and people who've been following Lee Hammond's career for a long time, know how how good he is on the ground and. You know that was what he was what he was known for for most of most of his life or most of his career. So he he's really put it all together. He talked about putting in putting in the work with Phil Sutcliffe and obviously with Keen Cowley and down in SBG and he he really seems to be coming into his own and it's a really good sign. Uh, that's only a second pro fight. Like he looked like he was much more experienced. He looked like he looked like a you know a seasoned pro in there and that's the biggest compliment you can give to it to a young pro and he he didn't he 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 seemed to be able to put everything together really well uh flow between the the styles and that's another thing that can take a while for uh for pro, for young pros to to get used to and they can be really good you know in in certain positions or most positions but putting it all together is is another is another thing to do and i i just can't say enough good things about lee's performance it was pretty much flawless uh there, there was nothing really you know he didn't overcome any adversity in any way you know I'm sure he'll he'll move up and fight better guys but yeah just from Lee from Lee's point of view absolutely brilliant victory uh, flawless and uh, for, for the fans I think it's really it's really exciting to watch uh, Lee I think he's going to be back in there in a few weeks apparently so uh, yeah uh, it's brilliant to see Lee doing so well yeah 100% and it's great I, I think it's uh is it the heroes or the levels fight? You wanted him anyway. He has a fight in like three weeks. And that is great because someone like, I think like Lee Hammond, they're better served, I think, having lots of fights in a year and getting out there. Because Lee's not someone... Especially who, when you're untouched like yeah. the Jamie Hay fight here. He is someone who's... Uh, this is a weird thing to say, right? But I don't think Lee at the moment is learning the game, if you get me. Like he's been around for a long time. And he's well able to fight, you know. A lot, lot of guys when they, they're two and zero in their career, they're they're young to the game and they're new to the game and they're new to MMA and they're you know they might be a jujitsu purple belt or you know they might they might have been striking for two or three years. Like Lee has been around for a long time and he's st- he's still young. But like I think the most beneficial thing to Lee Hammond right now, and you could say a different thing, like say someone like a Derek Kelly or a Nathan Kelly, they might be better off, you know, taking their time, learning more as they go. I, I think Lee is a little bit different in that he's, if Lee got another five fights this year, I think that would benefit him very well. You know, he's that type of guy. I think he needs to fight after fight after fight. And look, the opposition is probably going to get tougher along the way, but I actually don't think that matters at uh, at the very start of his career. I, I'm very happy with this fight. You know, Jamie Hay is not, not a world beater or anything like that, but you do, you don't need to fight world beaters uh, at uh, at this stage of your career. And I think the experience getting out there for Lee Hammond is very good. And I'm glad to, you know, it, okay, if he signs for Bellator in six months' time or a year's time, no problem. But I'm kind of glad that some of these uh, pros are not signed to long-term fights, fight deals with Bellator. Because, okay, they might think it's, it's great, but I think for their long-term career, I think it's better off. Now, one thing I want to say as well, the, the only negative from that uh, Lee Hammond before I actually move on was the crowd weren't totally in yet because 
bag checks outside and uh, mask checks and everything like that. The, the COVID fight, stuff, yeah. It's, it's very, very tough for people to get in for the first fight these days as well. It's only a half an hour you get to get in from outside. And by the time, like, the next two or three fights are on, the place was maybe 50% full after that. You know, it's never going to be 100% full at the very start unless it's <laughs> unless it's UFC Dublin back in the day. But there was a loud roar for Lee Hammond, absolutely. But I, I feel like, like even Conor McGregor missed the fight, I think, because he was in so late. But, um, you know, that was the, the only negative on it. And I think, um, I, I think in future, Bellator, and I don't want to criticize Bellator too much because I like, give it out to, but then they need to maybe adjust these cards a little bit more. Like Lee Hammond, I think if you put Nathan Kelly starting the, uh, the card, it would have been a, maybe made a little bit more since an input Lee Hammond maybe top and uh, Nathan Kelly as well came through that really well a very very good performance against Scott Pedersen who's a tough guy you know that one in three really doesn't reflect Scott Pedersen he's he's fought some tough guys and he's a good fighter but Nathan Kelly looked good uh, like I thought Nathan Kelly looked better than I expected him to look honestly in this and he's one of these guys now that maybe we didn't give enough respect for coming in but he definitely deserves respect after that and a fantastic performance and Derek Kelly as well I was so impressed with Derek Kelly like he what yeah. looking at him at the weigh-ins and looking at him after the fight as well this man is a fucking athlete among athletes he is a brick shit house and he moves well he looks to have really good cardio he's fast strong this guy is a real, real prospect. And someone said it to me as well, uh, and I'll throw it over to you about Derek Kelly in a second, but someone, you know, pretty high up in, in, in the MMA world and a lot of people would have respect for him. They were making the point to me, and it was a very good point, that we had, look, we had McGregor, right, and we had Ashing Daly and, and Kyle Pendred and all them that came together. And then we had the next batch of guys who were, you know, training with them, but they got to Bellator in the UFC or, or whatever it might have been in the, in the next match, which would have been, um, you know, James Gallagher, Kiefer Crosby, maybe Will Flory, um, and, and a few others. And those lads had a very tough time because everyone was saying, you know, Kiefer Crosby did an interview and he's like, ah, oh, he's trying to be McGregor. James did an interview. He's trying to be McGregor. It was all that for all of these people. And it was very hard to, like, James was asked about it a lot of times, and he always says, well, why would I not want to be like Conor McGregor? He's one of the greatest of all time, and which is a fine answer, because he's your friend and your teammate, Now you're not going to diss him or anything like that, but it was in a very tough situation those lads were, were put, and I feel like the next guys, Lee Ham and Derek Kelly and, and these lads coming up, have kind of seen that, have kind of moved away from the trying to be McGregor thing, and not saying the other lads were, were doing it, but they were kind of, even if they weren't trying to do it, People were saying they were trying to do it anyway, but these lads are kind of a little bit apart from that. Like, I know Lee Hammond has, but Derek Kelly probably hasn't trained with Conor McGregor loads, especially over the last few years, you know, because he's, you know, being kind of outside of the gym and having these camps and stuff as well, and you know, maybe a little bit so. But these lads are more outside of it, and I think they've seen maybe, not necessarily the mistakes the other guys have made, but they have made adjustments, I think, and are a little bit different. They're very much doing it themselves, you know, not putting up Instagram posts with Conor McGregor and stuff like that. I, I really, really think that these next level of guys, and someone made that point to me, and I I think it's a great point, and I think this level of Irish MMA is going to be a very, very important one to see if it will emerge by itself. And it, it felt this week like it had a little bit. You know, it really felt like, and I know Conor was there and everything, but even before that, it just felt like this week was a good week for Irish MMA on its own, and the next level of fighters we have produced. What what do you think of that overall? And and Derek Kelly specifically, it was a great performance from him, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like Derek Kelly, obviously, was a uh, very successful eight uh, zero amateur before turning pro um, on Friday. 
and he continued his his hundred percent finishing rate with a with a guillotine choke in the first round. And you know we're obviously going to see him step up against harder competition in the future. But everybody he's he's fought so far, you know he's he's passed the test with flying colors. You know he went in there and made it look easy again. Um, we talked about it before, like you know Solomon Simon and people like that, uh, Blanita and people like that at um at amateur and no easy fights as well. So these guys, like like the Lee Hammond, like the Nathan Kellys, are, are more expe- are more experienced than people may think. And I think they showed that uh, on Friday night at Bellator. Obviously, Nathan Kelly went to a decision, but he he, he showed a lot in that fight. Uh, Dara and Lee both got impressive finishes. It's just yeah, as you said, it's a really good it's a really good time for Irish MMA. There's a another generation seem to be emerging now and. You know, we've been following these guys for a long time, but maybe some people haven't. But it's a, uh, I'd say that you know, you mentioned the Lee Hammond fight being the the first fight of the night, and maybe that being a mistake. Maybe it's hard for Bellator to follow the Irish scene as closely as us. But I think the next time Lee Hammond won't be the first fight of the night. So, you know, uh, maybe he won't sign for Bellator. Maybe he maybe he wants to go to the UFC and he sees Bellator as maybe blocking that if he's on a multi uh, a multi fight deal with them. So maybe he won't be back at Bellator. But either way, I think you know. All of these guys we're talking about, Lee, Nathan, and, and Dara, are definitely impressive. Uh, made impressive starts to their career. I know Nathan's a little bit more experienced, but after a couple of losses at the start of his pro career, he's really turned it around. He's now four and two, so you know that's that's a that's a big thing. The, the start of your career, get, getting that record uh, going the right way, is definitely important. So yeah, I think. It, you know, people who missed the prelims maybe go back and watch them because these are some guys that are going to be the future, the future of Irish MMA. Yeah, hundred percent. I think the one look, the one big negative from the card in general was that there was too many fights that people really in the in the arena didn't care about that much. Um, and I, I was talking to Andrew McGahan at one stage, and he he made the point to me that it's like the fight was going on. It was the the Mega Med Sharapov fight. And he was like, these lads are fighting and there's 10,000 conversations going on behind them and no one's watching the fight. Like Bellator, uh, I'm not going to criticize them too much because it, they put on a, a very good card and they give a great spot to Irish fighters. But they need to be a little bit more careful. Like putting that Megamed Sharapov-Sanchez fight in the main card was the most bizarre decision ever. That should... It shouldn't have been even on the card. <laughs> never mind. Never mind in the main card. Well, it's not just for the crowd, though. It's for the TV as well, I suppose. Yeah, uh, yeah but... I don't know. It, it just... It the atmosphere for that I feel so bad for the fighters because the, the Brian Moore fight has just happened with the unbelievable walkout Kieran Clark is just about to fight and the big crowd coming down from Drogheda and you have the big obviously the co-main event and the main event as well uh, it's uh, it's going to be impossible to fill up a full card with just Irish guys absolutely so I understand from Bellator's point of view but they have to they have to make these cards better in terms of where they place people. All they needed to do in that one, I think, was take out the Mega Med Sharapov Sanchez fight, make it the four fight main card which you had, and you'd have more opening, then Clark, then Kavanaugh McCourt, and in the main event. And that would have been absolutely perfect. We understand under the, the prelims, there was still too many fights because there was that Mega Med Sharapov fight, there was the, the Brett Johns uh, Kakarov fight, there was the Davy Gallon fight. Uh, there was the the Sakaram Solidnikov fight, and you know I know Skatizi fights out of SPG, but it was a little bit that one as well. That's too many fights that people just don't care about on the card, and I, I know they should like the David Gallen Charlie Leary fight. No, two very very good fighters. Brett John's a very good, all very good fighters. I'm not saying anything negative about them themselves, but in the arena, it's just you don't want the, that fan base 
losing that the kind of the madness. And I understand sometimes you need, you know, maybe maybe one or two of those fights just to give people a little bit of a break, just to, you know, kind of recoup <laughs> the, the fandom and stuff like that. And I absolutely understand that. But it felt like there was way too many of them on this. And it didn't have, this car didn't have the same atmosphere as other ones. I don't know how it seemed on, on TV. I know when Sweet Caroline came on, everyone on TV was like, oh, it's the best car in the world. Whereas in the arena, it didn't feel great at all. It, it, felt, it was all right, like, but... <laughs> I thought the feels of Adam. Yeah, people were singing along and stuff, but it just was nowhere near the level of yeah, no. of a zombie or whatever. Not, not, not <laughs> even close. Not even close. But anyway, um, so yeah, that would be the the big, the only big negative really I'd have for. It. Obviously, a big negative for Irish MMA as well is is Danny McCormack, um, obviously getting uh, TKO standing against Stephanie Page. And look, anyone who's watched Stephanie Page before this fight knew she had that in her. She's a fantastic kickboxer, hits really hard. And the biggest problem for Danny here is she got hit almost immediately. And a lot of I saw a few people saying, "I can't believe Danny went in, stand with her, stood with her, and fought that way." You can't just go in like and immediately try to take someone down. If you do, you could end up like fucking being Askren against Masvidal. So I'm sure she was trying to set things up, do different things, and maybe then go for the takedown, which is a smart way to do it. But that was all out the window after fucking 10 seconds or whatever it was when she was badly hurt. And Danny, look, one thing she showed here was she's as tough as nails, as tough as hell, because she kept going. What was it, a minute and 40 seconds? 99.99% uh, of people in the world, not to mind fighters, wouldn't have um, wouldn't have come through what she came through in the first 10 seconds and you know that's the worst place you can be against someone like Paige because you need to set up those takedowns as I was saying you can't set them up when you're that badly hurt and she is Paige is just going to try to jab you and try to hit you with leg kicks and hit you with fucking head kicks and everything and it's just a storm that is almost impossible to quell you almost need that takedown to stop the storm but you need the storm to stop before you get the takedown you're stuck in a disgusting position of you're hurt your mind's not right you're getting hurt more the, the, the end is coming around the precipice and then it's over you know and it's, it's a very very tough situation for Danny McCormick she's a very very good fighter and she'll absolutely bounce back here massively but you know, props to Stephanie Page. She went out there and she did exactly what she needed to do at the very, very start and won the fight and took it away from Danny. You know, that crowd would be massively behind her. Danny's a lot of supporters that she brings up from the Midlands and things as well. Um, but a great performance from Stephanie and, and Danny showed her toughness and that will stand to her in the future and she will be back. Uh, but I suppose that was the one big negative from the, the undercard for Irish MMA. What, what did you think of that fight, uh, Graham? Yeah, I think you kind of summed it up there. I think the, the, the first shot, the first big shot, she, Danny couldn't recall cover she she tried to kind of buy time for herself and tough it out as you said showed great heart but uh, Stephanie Page just didn't didn't give her the opportunity to to recover and just kept piling it on and Danny was kind of seemed to be on autopilot just trying to survive and and as you said she she did a good job of surviving for about a you know nearly a minute and a half but I think uh, yeah I think you know, all credit to Stephanie Page. She she went out there and executed her game plan brilliantly and Danny didn't get a chance to to get her game plan going. 100 100 i'm look i'm looking forward to the i'm looking forward to the next one for danny and seeing uh seeing how she bounces back that was i saw her walking back backstage and she obviously she looked very hurt and, and devastated as you would be so i hope she takes a little bit of time off you know that's september card is, is seven months away that's probably where i would like to see danny coming back you know take a couple of months off get that get that head right get back into the gym she's always someone who makes uh, improvements and all and you know still a five and one record is a very good record to start off career as i, I often uh you know caught it that uh 
tweet I put up once of people, the, the best fighters of all time, and they all started off like 9-1 and one in their career. Everyone loses a fight early in their career, and it's something, you know, if you can turn around and learn from it, it'll stand to you, and I think that's what, uh, that's will be the case for Danny. so I'm looking forward to seeing uh, her come back, and I hope, you know, do it safely, do it rightly, do it slowly, and, uh, and come back from that as well. But Stephanie Page, it's a pity they don't have that division, you know, uh, because she's a very, very good fighter. And she's someone maybe, I know, I still think Danny is a future uh, in, you know, going towards UFC, obviously, with that division not being in Bellator. And Stephanie Page is someone I'd like to see there as well. I think this is a very, very, it was a legit, you know, I said beforehand this would have been a very legit win for Danny, and I think it's a very legit win for Stephanie as well. So I'd like to see her, you know, maybe get another opportunity with Bellator or get an opportunity with the, with the UFC. I think maybe the Contender Series would suit Stephanie Page very well. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that in the future again. Um, the next two fights then Davy Gallen a beautiful right hook on Charlie Leary I thought Charlie Leary would win that fight honestly but Davy Gallen uh, took it away from him and did very very good that was some good stuff in that and then Brett Johns kind of dominated uh, Kurashev Kakarov for the whole fight and then managed to get uh, the finish right towards the end of the third round he almost finished him in the second round but um, you know there was a massive Welsh crowd there as well I'd say there was a you know Brett Johns said he was bringing over 60 yeah. or 70 people so what's, your man's, what's your man's name from Dirty Sanchez who yeah, was there yeah he was there Pritchard is it was that him? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure which, which one. Yeah, he was there and he was roaring and shouting. But uh, yeah, the, the Welsh fans were hilarious. What were they thinking there? Um, we know what we are. We know we are dirty sheep shaggers. We know what we are. <laughs> Something like that. I was like, all right, lads. But no one is calling you sheep shaggers. <laughs> you're just calling yourself. Just in case the Irish fans start saying that they're getting in, they're getting in ahead. <laughs> they're getting it in first. <laughs> they're getting it in first. But uh, yeah, good stuff from uh, good stuff from Brett Johns. The, the Welsh lads around all week were were hilarious and very good. And you know, Brett Johns is a very very good fighter you know he lost his opening fight in Bellator it's good to see him back you know maybe him versus Lugo is the fight to make next even him versus Moore maybe might be a, a fight to make down the road um, but let's let's get to that fight Chanel Lugo versus Brian Moore now I haven't been able to go back and watch it yet because fuck I don't know Virgin Media kind of half taped half didn't they but I know what I got I went looking for it and I couldn't find it um, and this was actually when we were doing the Connor interview so I missed maybe the first two or three minutes of the fight but watching the, the, the next two rounds this was one of the most high level fights I think I've, I've ever seen on Irish shores this was this was one of those ones you watch from cage side right? and you watch a lot of fights from cage side and you see a lot of great heart and maybe see one really good fighter who's a level above or a great athlete or something like that but for me who's you know all the fights I've seen have been in Ireland I've never gone overseas and watch fights this to me was a different level of fights and maybe anything I've ever seen before maybe now there's maybe I'm missing something and I'm sure there, there I've seen some great fights down through the years but you see Brian Moore and you know throwing out shots that are not meant to land but meant to make movements so the next shot will land and Jornal Lugo doing the same and it was it was chess you know it was a high level fight it was it was one of those fights that I love personally that's the type of fight I like and watching it cage side it was a different sort of level um, a very very close fight as well because like because of what I just said there I thought it was a very very tit for tat fight you know Jornal Lugo won the, won the unanimous decision I think most people had it for Lugo but it was it was, it was very, very close. Um, I saw a few people saying, oh, Brian Moore, you know, he needs to maybe pull the trigger more or something like that. I don't know. I feel like when you get into a fight like that and it is very close, you, you almost can't, if you do 
try to go just go and throw big fucking power shots Luko's gonna catch you like you know you can't make a mistake in, in fights like that it's ever like a, like a nil all game like a back in the day AC Milan versus fucking you know uh, Inter Milan or whatever it might be and, and those, remember those finals for a few years it was all like very very close in the Champions League finals and one mistake and the, the fight the, 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 the game was over and it was one nil I feel like this fight was a little bit like that as well if you make one mistake you're gonna take it away from you and you know one okay one big shot might win it for you as well but that's a very very tough thing to do in a fight like that but you know it's it's easy for me to say this and and Brian Moore was devastated afterwards and he's one of the the nicest guys you will ever meet Graham you know him a lot longer than me but he always has a kind word and he always he's very supportive of us and he's a a, a family man and a great Irish man and everything like that and I you would hate to see someone you know as devastated he was afterwards but it it was a fight that it was all it was all for a purist like me it was almost it didn't matter who won because it was such a good fight and such such an enjoyable fight for me to watch in that position and i you know that's no uh, i'm sure that's that's no good to brian moore at, at this stage but it was just i really enjoyed it a lot i re and, and it was one of those you know maybe if you were at home and maybe if it wasn't an irish fighter and stuff maybe i wouldn't be saying the same thing but sitting there cage side watching that fight it was it was absolutely fantastic. I, I really really enjoyed it. What, what do you think, I, Graham? You, uh, you know, you've known Brian Moore for a long time. It, he's been looking for this big fight for a long time, and like, we spoke to Scott Coker afterwards, and he kind of said, you know, Brian, we've plans for Brian Moore, and we're looking bringing bringing Brian Moore back. I hope he gets another fight. You know, he was kind of mentioning afterwards Cass Bell as well, and I think that'd be a good fight to to uh, to make. But this was a fantastic performance for Brian Moore, and it just feels like he just needs one win you know he just just needs one win to kick on and he he doesn't have great look you know sometimes and he puts it all in and i i would love to see brian moore being a bit biased i'd love to see him get that that big win or that big shot and for to journal lugo he was a i'm not against journal lugo he was very good this week as well and a very very good fighter but brian moore i think is good enough to beat a guy like lugo and you know the other way around as well very even fight but it's it's just unfortunate he's never got that yet has it and, and he's a guy who kind of deserves it isn't he yeah, yeah, as you said, Lugo looked great, but I thought Brian looked great as well. And, you know, the second round, I think, was Brian's and the third round was Lugo's. And it's all down to that first round. And it was razor close and it could have went either way on a different night. And it's, it's, like, it's good to hear, as you said, Scott Coker in the media scrum afterwards um, talking as if Brian's definitely in their plans. And, you know, maybe uh, because Brian might be on a bit more money, maybe... You think people would think he might suffer the same fate as some of, some of the other uh, previously contracted Bellator Irish MMA fighters, but it sounds like that's not going to happen. And I think that's 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 the right call. Obviously, as you mentioned, he's in there against really tough opponents, and these are these are not he's not getting you know he's not getting blown out of the water there here. These are really close technical fights, as you said, tit for tat, and you know could could, could go either way. You know, AJ McKee's on on top of the he's probably the biggest star in Bellator at the moment, or the biggest. Future Future star, anyway, their most promising star, and Brian Moore gave him everything he could take, you know, in Dublin. So, I think Brian Moore is a, a very valuable fighter for Bellator, and it, it's it's glad I'm glad they seem to realise that because uh, you know you never really know uh, how, how close attention to really pay, paying to, to things sometimes. But um, in terms of the in terms of the fight, uh, you, you know, Brian seems to, to you know he's devastated. As you said he seems to think he won the fight uh, on the night. You know, you can you could definitely make an argument for it. I don't think uh, I don't think it was clear cut or anything. I think it's it's down to the first round. And as you said, when you're when you're cage side and you're trying to you know get interviews up and stuff like that, it, it's easy to miss something. And you know, maybe on second watch, you might have a different opinion. But uh, in a real close 
fight like that and in front of your home crowd it's obviously hard to take for Brian and he's he's come through a lot he talked about it in um, pre-fight and in the lead up and all that stuff about the anxiety and panic attacks uh, not being able to sleep for over 50 hours 51, 52 hours or something like that before the before that fight in Russia so you know he's come through a lot and as you said I think he's a bit unlucky so I think maybe you know um, people are kind of supporting Brian hoping for him to to get to to get the win and it's obviously in in a decision in a, in a close decision like that it's hard to take but I think there's a lot of positives that Brian can actually you know once the the initial disappointment dies down there's a lot of positives he can take from that fight he he looked really good on the feet uh, he looked good everywhere like he's just you know a different difficult style for him against a difficult guy who's also a very good fighter and a really promising uh, prospect of Bellator so. Yeah, it's it's tough to take, but uh, I'm sure Brian will keep trucking on, and hopefully the you know the next matchup uh, might be a bit easier, uh, and he and he picks up the win. Yeah, maybe even like the the next time they come back to Ireland, maybe he'd be better off than even not getting a rank guy, getting uh, you know maybe a little bit of an easier matchup, and then button going back in against a Caspell or something like that. But he wants the tough fights all the time, and that's you know I, I'm sure he wouldn't agree with me there. But yeah, I feel like Brian Moore needs a win in his next one, and and. I'm sure he will get it too. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing him back and I'm looking forward to seeing Jornel Lugo as well. 8-0 now and he's, you know, to be Primor, he used to be a very, very good fighter and uh, I think he is a very good fighter so I'm looking forward uh, to seeing uh, to seeing that one next. Um... The, yeah, I think we've seen it for years. Like if yeah. you if you look at Brian Moore's pro record throughout the years, you you might just if you just solely based on the record, you you'd, you you wouldn't know how how good of a fighter he is. Lugo even said that too. Yeah, himself. Yeah. So uh, that's that's the result of taking tough fights but you know in the long term in terms of your skill that'll stand to you that'll make you a better fighter and I think that's where Brian is. Absolutely. Uh Magomed Sharapov then he had uh, obviously a, a very good win there 7 and 0 goes so against uh, Sanchez he looks like a great prospect uh, in that division bizarre placement to that ca- that fight on the card but we won't give out about it too much Danny Danny Brunner don't be giving out about me because it was a great card. I'll, well what yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, Kieran Clark then uh, against Abu Tunkara. Obviously, this one ended by a um, uh, dislocated shoulder. What did you think of the performance from Clark? I knew Tunkara coming in was was going to be a tough matchup, and it was. Yeah. But Kieran, he, he's a very very good fighter, and you know, will probably give out to, to me for calling him tough. But he's tough. You know, he's very skillful as well, and all of that, and absolutely. But some, you know, yeah, he showed his toughness. Like he yeah. had adversity, and you know, uh, obviously, it's unfortunate dislocated shoulder. Uh, but you know, Kieran Clark did well to survive. Did well to kind of reverse the position, and you know kind of caused the, the injury you know, obviously it's a it's an unfortunate thing and he, it's not a it's not it's not a, like a, a technique Karen Clark was going for or anything like that but you know who knows how the fight would have played out after we'll probably we'll probably never know but for Kieran Clark to 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 go in there face some adversity have some things to go back and work on you know come through the adversity which is very obviously the most important part of it um you know maybe 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 if the fight had gone on it would have been more the same and he would have lost a decision but maybe you know he he would have been kind of taking the best the best Tun Kara uh, uh, can give and maybe he would have turned it around we'll, we'll see in the future but for Garen Clark to for him personally to get out of there with a still perfect uh, undefeated uh, professional record and things to work on and stuff like that I think you know for him it's great but for, obviously for his opponent to, to get injured and uh, it's very disappointing dislocated shoulder it seems to be um, I don't know how long he'll be out for but uh, 
yeah, for him, it's very disappointing. He'll probably be thinking, oh, I was dominating that fight and it was it was going to keep going like, th- like that. But, you know, for Kieran, it's, 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 it's a win. Maybe it's a, it's a little bit of a di- disappointment win. Like nobody wants to, to go in there and, and win with their opponent getting injured. But, you know, it's much better than losing. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's one of those ones where I, I won, but I didn't really win. You know, it was weird. And if anyone has watched Kieran Clark fight before, he very 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 may well have gone in and dominated around two and three <laughs> you know so it's it kind of took that away from him as well but yeah look it's one of those fights that the, the way it ends it almost it's you could almost write it off and i wonder would they make a rematch you know yeah i was just thinking that could they do an immediate rematch how long is is this dislocated shoulder i'm not really sure yeah sometimes it depends you know sometimes a dislocated shoulder you pop it back in you're riding a couple of weeks and sometimes you know it's fucking you've uh uh, a rotator cuff or, or ligaments yeah. torn and it could be you know it could be two months three months it could be fucking eight months you know if it's a rotator cuff it could be a bad one so you know we'll see about that maybe it is a, a rematch to make but uh, no I think Kieran's another one of these guys where um, the more fights and the more experience uh, that'll stand him and I, I, you know yeah, didn't take too much. Obviously, five minutes in here, maybe we'll get a quicker turnaround. I wonder if a few of these guys get on maybe the London card or something like that. I think he'd be a guy who, as well, if he can get three or four fights in in a year, it'd really, really stand to him. And we can, you know, see more of that skill set and see more of the improvements all the time. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing the next one uh, for, for Kieran Clark and seeing where he goes. Um, and, you know, seeing what Will Fury was talking to us in the pre show about showing off those skills and the more in the more fights he has and the more experience he gets i think he'll be able to to do that even more so i'm looking forward to that let's talk about Sinead Cavan versus Liam McCord last and let's talk about the 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 uh the title fight i was going to call it the main event but it's not the main event we all know that the title fight a couple of people said to me right uh, very interesting if you look at Austin Vanderfort in this fight so we were watching it and we're like oh did he go over in his leg or what happened to him did he get hurt by a punch and i watched back the the fight in a few clips and it looked like he got hurt going in for kind of a takedown when Musasi sprawled. And I just, uh, you know, a couple of different people have said it to me now. So I'm, uh, And I went back and I'm watching it. It looked like it. I wonder if he gets some sort of like stinger or a shoulder injury or something like that on his way in. Because when you watch it, and you, if you watch it with that on it, it kind of makes sense. Because he was hurt, but it, there wasn't a punch clearly landed. Now, there was punches afterwards, and Musasi obviously went and finished him. And, you know, Musasi stopping the takedown and everything like that was part of what hurt him. So I'm not just saying it was a freak injury or anything like that, but it did seem a little bit like that. Now, I might I might be completely wrong, and I know Vanderford has released a statement, and he hasn't said anything about that or anything. So, I'm, you know, he's been very, very classy about it. And he's very classy all week as well. And his page as well, uh, were, there were two of them were very, very, very good all week. But uh, yeah, I think that might kind of might have been it, because I remember the two of us were watching, and we're like, geez, he went down kind of very easily there at the end very easy for us to say obviously watching on but I, I just wonder was there something there because he couldn't really stand he couldn't move and if you look at it afterwards as well I think it's his left side his hand kind of falls out to the side and he can't really move it um, so I just wonder was it that to me it, honestly if anyone goes back and watches it maybe disagree with me but to me it looked like that and after a few people said it to me I'm like Jesus yeah that's a, kind of exactly what it was but look Muzasi went in there and finished and anyone it was, it was a great win for him and a quick win and that's Kind of, it was great for the crowd as well, the quick kind of win, but for Vandervoort, very un- unfortunate. I don't know if you noticed that, Graham. What, what did you think of it overall? Yeah, I didn't. Maybe it was a stinger or something like that, like you said, but I, I didn't notice at the time. At the time, I yeah, said to you, there some, something strange has happened here. Like, you know, he, we, we didn't see the punch. Um, and it, looking back on it, there, there didn't seem to be a punch. So, yeah, something must have happened there. 
you know, for him to react like that and to kind of f- fall over like that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't refer to anything in in his uh, like little statement thing. Uh, if there was some kind of problem, usually, you know, 99% of fighters would mention it, but maybe he's just, you know, doesn't want to make any excuses and these things happen in MMA or, or whatever. But, uh, yeah, no, it did seem very strange uh, at the time and I'm still unsure exactly what happened. So, look, that that's about that for, for that fight. It, it, it was great to see, uh, obviously, a middleweight title fight and it was great to see Gay Guard around. Um, it, it was it was weird, though, because it, like, it was the main event, but it clearly wasn't the main event for the people in the crowd. But they, they reacted well. People didn't leave. I was wondering, I wasn't sure if people might leave. No one left. The, the, the place was still, you know, I, I would say 95% of tickets were sold, if not, maybe even a little bit more. And there was probably, you know, 93 or 4% of people were still there. A lot of people got drunk and were kicked out and stuff, probably. But although there wasn't any crowd trouble or anything like that, so I'm not, I'm not saying anything. But you know what I mean? There'll always be one or two. But uh, yeah, people stayed for it. And uh, Musashi got a, a big entrance. A really an Irish thing. It, it doesn't massively It's more of a British boxing thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I don't know. And it, people did say along and it was great and everything but yeah live there as you know people who've been live for the zombie and been live for the mcgregor walkouts and ashling daily and all like that it's uh it, it definitely wasn't the same as that uh but it, it was still good and um you know the best walkout night was without a shadow of a doubt brian moore's walkout uh to the fields of atten right that was just a different level that was absolutely fantastic uh, but but nevertheless Musassi's was good I, I think he'd like to come back and probably fight in ireland again uh, it's a pity uh it's a pity maybe will flory still wasn't there and winning a few fights i'm sure they'd they might get him into a title fight in middleweight there aren't that many middleweights around but um yeah, you know, maybe in the future if Fabian wins against Musasi coming up, maybe that's a fight we could see in Ireland. But yeah, look, it was good to see Musasi anyway, and uh, as I said, we, we might see him again. Um, let's talk about the, the main event, the real main event, Liam McCord versus Sinead Kavanagh. Uh, I, I don't think, honestly, I've ever seen, maybe McGregor versus Brando, you know, and I'm sure you'd say the same for in Ireland, a fight with the tension that this one had and look the fight it's the two people fighting obviously were a big part of it but the fight itself with Leah getting the mount early and then Sinead almost having the uh, the submission and then Sinead kind of coming out and landing some shots in a second Sinead getting the takedown then hurting her leg and then Leah kicking the leg at the start of the third and then Sinead surviving and coming back and arguably winning the third it was one of those back and forth fights I don't care how I looked at home I don't care if you know there wasn't the best technique or whatever at times during the fight it was one of those fights you watch live and the whole crowd were enthralled by it it was the tension in there was incredible because it was as well like it's all you know the vast majority of people in there were, were Irish and everyone liked Sinead and everyone likes Leah, and it's like Sinead gets in the in the in that camera. It's like, oh, should should we be shouting for Sinead, or should we be like shouting for Leah to get out of it? We don't want Leah to get hurt, but we want Sinead to win. We also want Leah to. It was just a weird. It was it was weird. It was a weird weird fight, but brilliant at the same time. And it was devastating for Leah to lose, but brilliant for Sinead to win. It was, and it was always going to be that. Like from the second that fight was announced, but being there live and watching it live. It was an experience that I, I I don't think you can have in many places in the world, honestly. Because I, I was trying to think about it, I was, I was, even last night before the UFC came on, I was watching the um, the Masvidal countdown show that we were featured on for a second. And, you know, he's in Miami and everything like that, but 
is there I, I don't know maybe two New York people maybe or two Boston people or something like that they could do it the same or even I was going to say London but they, you had uh, Paul Daly and, and I know he's I think he's from Nottingham or somewhere but you had two English people it, it's not the same it's not this was this was something different and it was special and watching that you could cut the tension with a knife in there and it was a to me it was a brilliant fight you know it was one of the best experiences I've ever had watching a fight and uh, I tweeted after the first round two tough fucking Irish women and that's exactly what they are and fair play to Sinead for winning but fair play to Leah as well for being part of a historic fight and you know what I think they'll fight again I think we'll I think we'll see that fight again. I think that rematch will happen because Liam McCourt is not the quitting type. I said that at the time. She's not the tapping type when she was in that submission and fucking she didn't tap. She's as tough as hell. Um, and she'll come back and she'll win fights and put herself back in that frame. And you know, Sinead Cavan is not going anywhere either. So I could see that fight happening again. And I hope it's a main event. You know, maybe if it was for a title even, it might even be better. We'll see in the future. But I I could not have. I loved this fight so much. I loved it sitting there cage. It was special, wasn't it, Graham? Yeah, it was it was great. The tension and the jeopardy, as you mentioned, like maybe maybe if you're if you're just watching uh, Bellator on TV and you don't know anything about either of them, it probably wasn't wasn't the best fight to watch. But everything everything going into it, and you know, even in the fight, the the knee injury, or the you know, the leg injury, you're, you're like, oh, what's happened here? She's gone down, and then you can see, oh, she there's a big problem here, and this this is going to be bad news. And you know, even in even in the first round. When Leah got the early takedown, you're kind of thinking, "Oh, this 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 could be bad." But like you know, as Sinead said, I think she said to you in a, in an interview, "You know, I haven't been training jujitsu for ten or twelve years. I've obviously I've obviously picked up some things, some things. Like um, I'm not just this boxer." And she went out there and proved that, you know, on on one leg in the end. And you know, it's a it's a really impressive performance by Sinead in terms of uh, showing her MMA game, but also showing her toughness. Like uh, there's, there's no doubt that she's tough. She's been through a lot of things. She talked to you about, you know being homeless and her, her father or, or her uh, son's father dying and all this stuff like you know she, she's as tough as nails but as you mentioned so is, so is Leah she's a, got a really good story as well like you know a single mother as well and some tough times and there's a lot of things that, you know that outside of the surface that make the fight more interesting than just if you were sitting at home watching and not really knowing much about the two girls and uh, yeah I just thought it was a it was a brilliant fight it was on a knife's edge like you know it could have went either way it could have went either way like at a number of moments and you know, I think the deserved winner was Sinead, but uh, it was a really good fight. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I thought, uh, <laughs> not, to, not to be a surprise here, but I agree with Ben Cartledge. I thought Sinead won all three, although that, that third was, was very, very close and absolutely not wrong with giving... Uh, Given Leah that third round, I thought you know I thought the first round was relatively close as well, but I do, I do think all the judges got it right, and I think Sinead uh, Sinead absolutely did win it. But yeah, as you said, they're like you know two single mothers as well. They're a tough like like I spoke to Leah before, and she, like the, the sacrifices she has made to go down training kind of in Roddy's gym for years. You know, up and down that drive up. I was talking to one of the lads that, that came up uh, and down from Belfast for for Bellator, and he's like, "That's not an easy drive to be making fucking four times a week." You know, and and she's put a lot of sacrifice in that. And she, I was talking to Sinead, and she's like, "I do nothing but train. Like I probably overtrain. I train too much. These 
these women are fucking they put everything into it and it's you know it's great for Sinead and, and awful for Leanne tonight but she will be back you know Sinead as well all I could think of in the middle of the fight was she she said the phrase to me the, the first time I interviewed her for her dog what, what was it maybe six months ago now at this stage before the cyber, cyborg fight and uh, she said I, I don't have much luck do I and I kind of kind of laughed at her and she was like but I don't I don't she, and she really doesn't like in the middle of this fight her, her leg to just go on and it was like Jesus almighty how, how much bad luck can one person have but she comes out she wins the fight Scott Coker says afterwards she's going to be fighting Cyborg he kind of rolls that back a little bit he says it's going to be in America if, she, if her knee injury yeah Cy- Cyborg needs to come to Ireland more bad luck fight. there you know she goes in and gets yeah. a huge win and Scott Coker wants to give her another title shot it's like oh well wait to see about my knee yeah, we will see. We will see with that. But like, maybe, maybe September or whatever, seven months away. Maybe that's the time. Um, Cyber needs to come to Ireland. Like, let's make no mistake about that. Sinead went over and she it, fought. It didn't sound very promising, though, from what oh, Coker was saying. It doesn't sound like he's even considering it. It's all down to Cyber, though. I think like that is all down to Cyber. Like, she needs to say, "I'm coming to Ireland. I want to fight in that big arena and fight." Like, this is the home of Bellator now. Make no mistake about that. The, I'm sure, like the AJ McKee fight and everything, that'll be great over in San Jose and to be roaring and shouting but this is this is the home of Bellator we see Ariel and Sean Shaddy and people like that tweeting they need to move all their cards to the, to Europe they need to have more cards in Ireland they absolutely do and they need to give us their big fights okay you know it's not at the best time for TV over in America and that's a massive thing for them and everything but when they're doing it two times a year you'll get over that like this is what they need this is something that can be special do you know what they need as well they need to plan like a St. Patrick's Day weekend card in Ireland and have a massive card in here next year, uh, or when, when the same match is, it's too close now, but they really need to do that during the day. Imagine fights from Ireland during the day in America when everyone's drinking on St. Patrick's Day. That'd be fucking massive. Bellator need to do that. They really, really need to do that. They can have that idea there is free, but, um, you know, this this was the personification of an, an Irish fucking fight. Just two, two fucking tough tough women got in there fighting and giving everything and, and they, they, they did Ireland proud they did themselves proud and I know Lee will be down after it um, but she she has no reason to be you know apart from the, 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 the W on her record she's a winner coming out of this Sinead Cavan is a winner coming out of this and you know we might sound biased or whatever after that and we don't say that every week and we didn't say it for other fights I don't give a shit that's just a fact that's, that's the way it is and um I, I love this fight and I hope we see it again sometime down the line um, and uh, you know Fair play to them. It was it was it was an exhilarating fucking fight to be at. It was really why I, I very rarely see anything like it. it was brilliant, and uh, I I hope to see it again. So, you know, all in all, the card look the card didn't deliver massively in terms of like the undercard and the way the card was kind of um, stacked up. It started off great with Lee Hammond and in the Derek Kelly fight as well. And obviously the the Danny fight was kind of a, a come down with that loss. And then there the, the three of the next four fights were just fights that no one was even watching. Um, and then you had a great finish to the car. Obviously, the, the car fight obviously was a bit weird, but the the, the co-main event was massive, and the main event ended exactly how the crowd kind of wanted it to end, quick and exciting, you know? That's what the crowd wanted. So, all in all, a great week, a great night for Irish MMA. And, you know, if you want us to keep being here, and we were the only ones there. If you're listening to this podcast, right, you're listening to the only ones there this week covering it. There's no one else. There's no other person in the game, right? So if you want to support us, 
And if you want people there covering it, to, you know, I was the only one there t- telling people that Jamie Hay missed weight. Imagine if Vanderfort missed weight, or imagine if Musassi missed weight, and there's no one there to not. I'm not saying you know I'm underground and a fucking war scene or anything, but there's no one there to to hold them to account to tell people the facts. To, to go up to Mike Mazzulli and ask him, how much is he getting fined? Is the fight happening? I met the two fighters outside afterwards. I was able to report what was going on and the fight was happening. If there was no one there, right? If I wasn't there, no one would have been there to do that. So if you can, feel free to go over to patreon.com forward slash severe podcast and support us so we can keep doing that. You know, and we will try to do it all the time and we'll give you loads of content and all for it. But that's why we do it. You know, that that's why we're there and that's why we do it. And I'm I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of Severe MMA that we were there to do that. You know, I, there's a lot of people in Dublin covering MMA. And they could have, you know, they could have taken the morning off work or they could have, uh, you know, trotted in on Wednesday afternoon to, to do that. But no one did, you know, no, no one did that. I came up and I spent a fucking thousand quid to, to cover this card out of my own pocket, um, <laughs> you know, b- because I feel like it's important. I feel like someone needs to be there. And I'd be ashamed for Irish MMA if there was no one there covering it. Um, and I'm so glad I fucking was there and I would, I'll do it again and I'll continue to do it, even though it's tougher and tougher and tougher now because I've so much stuff on. But anyway, I don't, there's my rant for the day anyway and we'll, we'll move on. But yeah, fair play. Uh, we, we mentioned Connor earlier on. What did, what did you think, Graham, of um, of him kind of come back and saying, oh, is the title fight happening between uh, Gaethje and Oliveira? And he was like, I'll have, you know, three or four months sparring and training and I'll come straight back into that title fight. You know, I asked him as well, like, are you coming back at 170 or 155? He's like, I don't know. And then he just continued to talk about like 155. So I feel like that was the answer. It was interesting. He, it's not, There's not going to be no warm-ups here for Conor, it feels like. He's coming straight back in there, isn't he? Yeah, well, he definitely likes to keep his options open and, you know, try and take the the, the, the best option he can. So, yeah, the, you know, if if the UC don't want to put him into the, the title picture straight away, then maybe maybe he would come back a, a welterweight. But I think from, from the interview you did with him, uh, it does look like his mind is focused on getting back into that, uh, into that 155 picture. Uh, I think it is. I think it definitely is. And like that's, and I kind of said to him as well. Like we missed a lot of his prime, you know, we, because of the fly Mayweather fight. We missed him fighting at one fifty five. Where I think most people think that would be his best way. And obviously because of the leg break as well, we've missed another year of it. So like people don't have that long of a prime. And I know people are saying, you know, McGregor is he's not the same because he so much money and everything like that. And maybe you know maybe they're right. But we really haven't had the opportunity to see much of that over the last few years. And I would love if McGregor was able to get two or three years injury-free, fight after fight after fight, to see, okay, what what level is he on now? Is he still at championship level? Is he at a level maybe where he goes in, maybe loses a championship fight, has two or three fights, wins them, and then gets back to it? Because that's, that's the thing I think could happen if he was able to keep fit and able, if he was able to stay in MMA and have those big fights there. Yeah. And it feels Dude, uh, like... You know, he used to say... Yeah. He used to say, stay ready, throw him to get ready, fight regularly, all that stuff. And he, he wanted to do the, I think it was the 2020 season, he's, he was calling, yeah. he wanted to fight regularly. If he could do that, you know, when he has his mind focused on a camp and he's not off doing other things and, you know, the devil makes work for idle hands or whatever they say. Um, so if he could focus, have something to kind of focus towards and train for, towards and keep, you know, keep fighting regularly three four times a year I think that's that's the best way to go but obviously he does have loads of outside influences trying to pull him away but if 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 he could if he could like you know kind of get back into that that mind frame or 
uh, decide that's what he that that is what he wants to do. Like he do another season or whatever you want to call it. Just just get in there as, as regularly as you can. And may, maybe the injury sitting there, not being able to train, not being able to spar, not being able to hit the pads makes you makes you want to get back in there. And maybe that will happen. Hopefully that will happen. Like I think. You know, any fan of McGregor, people who want to see, you know, good stories in MMA and all that stuff and want to see the highest level fighters and all that stuff, you know, w- would want to see Connor give it one, you know, give it one fight after another and not be taking these big breaks. Like you mentioned, the, the Floyd Mayweather thing kind of uh, boxing about derail things a little bit right after the Eddie Alvarez performance, which most people would probably say is one of the, the best performances in a title fight ever. So, yeah, I think fans and people who like McGregor want want uh would want him to fight regularly and I think once once Connor got into the into the mind frame of that he's gonna do that, that he 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 probably would dedicate himself to it. But it's just getting yourself into that mind frame and do you still want it as much as before? Like he he, he seems to th- he seems to think he does and say say he does. So hopefully, you know, the UFC can get him fights regularly. There was problems with trying to get him matched and, and obviously the Instagram or whatever it was, conversations with Dana White came out and they had some unknown reason for not wanting to fight him regularly. But, you know, for the UFC, as you said, the prime doesn't last that, that long and the UFC should try and make, make uh, hey, well, the sun shines as well. So for everybody involved, it would make a lot of sense to me to, to fight three, four times a year. And for his, uh, for his uh, fight level and for his chances of recapturing the, the old glory, then I think... It, it, it makes the most sense, but you know it's a lot easier said than done. Indeed, I, I still love that Tony Ferguson's fight. I think it it makes a lot of sense. Um, but obviously, we'll uh, we'll see. If you haven't caught that interview yet, I'm sure everyone listening to this probably has at this stage. But it's up on our on our YouTube. So uh, please uh, hit subscribe over there. There's loads of stuff as I tweeted last night. In the last two weeks, we've had interviews with people making their amateur debut and the biggest star in the history of the sport. Right? You don't. You won't get that anywhere else. You will not get that anywhere else. So, uh, if you want a unique, different look at it, t- click the subscribe over now, over in Severe May on, on our YouTube, and uh, click the su- subscribe here as well. Right. We have a few more things to talk about before we go. Um, Ian's actually going to join me on the Q and I think if we can get it all going together. And uh, he's watched this whole uh, UFC card. I was passed out in bed. I uh, I, I uh, got up and I watched uh, the top two or three fights. But Ian's going to come on and break down the the whole card at me. But um, I suppose the main things from the card uh, were Bahamundes got another very good win. He looks like a top prospect coming through. Saryukin beat Alvarez uh, in in a dominant display from him there. Wellington Torman got an, an arm. It was a really nice armbar in fairness. He threw it up really quickly and got the really, really uh, quick tap. But uh, yeah, the, sec- the second he tapped, uh, you-, you saying armbar came into my head. And probably most people who listen to this podcast said. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was talking to, uh, well, maybe I shouldn't say her name, but uh, an, un- an unnamed judge slash referee from America the other day. And he was like, I love when you say armbar. So there, there you go. Armbar. But uh, yeah, um a good win for Wellington Tournament after Misha Sorkinov uh, you know it, it looked like he might have get the finish there at one stage but Misha Sorkinov he's a very good fighter but he does this kind of to himself sometime at times uh, he gives it away but look good stuff for, from Tournament anyway and then look the main event there isn't that much to talk about Bobby Green did well I thought for like the first minute he was circling very good staying away from Mikachev not giving him much space Mikachev got one uh, piece of good not good luck but Good industry, I suppose, to get forward, get him against the cage, took him down, 
and finished him. And that was that. Uh, yeah, Bobby Green did look a bit kind of flustered the second he got grabbed. He did kind of uh, get a bit frantic, I thought. That, and that's the problem. Um, you would be. How could you not be? But that's also the thing you don't need to be. Like, look at Gleason Thibault against uh, Habib, and that's a long time ago. But he wasn't flustered. He, and that was before Habib was Habib, you know? So it, maybe it's easier to do it. But when a Habib or a Makachev catches you, you know, you're just thinking, oh, no, I'm going flying, I'm going to be on the ground. And it's, I don't know how you could not be like that. Maybe maybe you need to go over and chain with fucking Shemaev for six months like Darren Till is doing or something like that. Uh, it's, it's a tough spot, but he definitely was, and... You know, it was it was an easy one for Makachev, and then he just took it down and finished him. I thought it would go a little bit longer. You know, all five of my bets lost this week over in Shardog, so not a great week, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, a dominant display from Makachev. You know, we're talking about titles. A lightweight, he is definitely uh, the guy now. Uh, you know, this this win maybe not might not be it, but Benil Dariush fell out. What are you supposed to do? Like, this was the next guy, I suppose, that was available, and, and he took it and he won it. So uh, you you uh, you have to give him credit for that. But um, look, it looks like it's going to be Gaethje next for Oliveira, and then we don't know because that's you know that's six or seven months down the line probably where we're looking for uh, uh we're looking for the next fight, and you know could it be McGregor? Could it be Makachev? Who's who's going to be around at that stage? Who knows? We we will see. But Makachev has definitely put himself in the picture. He's definitely like num- you know number one or number two there, and I I would like to see him someone who's on that much of a roll get that shot, and the guys who have kind of just lost lost title shots to go back to number three or four, and like guys like him, and if Benil can come back and get another win, maybe to be ahead of them and give new guys um you know the opportunities rather than giving Gaethje and Chandler and these lads all around. Now McGregor's different now, <laughs> you know because uh, but like we, we know what the situation with McGregor is. If he wants it and he pushes hard enough, the UFC are probably going to give it to him because of the amount of money they can make. And let's be honest about that. Um, so, look, we, we'll see uh, We'll see how it goes. But I think for McGregor himself, if I'd, maybe if I'd been a little bit longer to speak to him, if everyone wasn't pulling me in every direction, maybe I would have asked him would Tony Ferguson be kind of a warm-up fight. And that's a fucking tough warm-up fight, don't get me wrong. But, uh, yeah, maybe maybe next time. But, uh, yeah, good display here from McCatchev anyway. Next week, then, look, we're, we're probably going to do a full breakdown of this over on YouTube. Ian, obviously, this is great breakdowns, and myself and you will, will drop onto it, Graham, as well. But UFC 272, Covington versus Masvidal, a really, really good card. Rafael Dos Anjos versus Rafael Fizayev in the co-main event. We've had some Barbosa, Bryce Mitchell, Kevin Holland, Alex Oliveira, Spivak versus Hardy, um, Rose versus Agapova. I really like that fight. Dustin Jacoby versus Olinichuk. Tim Elliott's on the card. Mano Rodriguez versus Yang and Yang is on. Yang is on the card as well. That's an important fight in the 115 pound uh, division. Saw some very good things. And Umar Nurmagomedov is on the card as well. This is a this is a fantastic card. I really really like it from top to bottom. The main event maybe isn't the main event that I personally would be that enthralled about I think it's going to be a walkover for Colby Covington to be honest I think he's going to pick him up take him down put him on the ground and smash him for as long as it takes uh, and win either a decision or maybe 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 stop him at some stage but I don't I can't see that fight being too competitive now to be fair Masvidal in the past has shown very good takedown defense but I just think Covington is a different sort of animal I really rate Covington highly the one thing the one proviso I would have with that is I, I don't know where Covington is in his career right now. I don't know how, like, he left his gym in uh, in where he was training at Masvidal. Obviously, he's been at MMA Masters now for a couple of years, but 
I, I don't think he has been as good. I don't think his performances against Usman were... He, look, he always probably would have lost those fights anyway, but I don't think those performances were as good as I would have expected out of Covington before that. Um, so yeah. I'm interested and, and also, it. just now as well, like, you know, he's lost to Usman twice. It's kind of hard to see yourself in the near future getting back to, to where you want to be in terms of getting, getting the title. So, you know, the motivation might have waned a little bit there, you know his style relies on being kind of relentless and you know really being honest so if if, if he's not on it if, if like there's a lot of if, if there's some kind of motivation problems and camp problems and all this stuff going on you know it, it could be a it could be a tough night for him but but I, yeah but i would agree with you as long as uh he looks like something like the old the old covington which which i expect him to do then i, I think he probably have a pretty much his own his own way here yeah uh the, i think the fazayev uh rafael desanias fight is very very interesting uh fazayev obviously very very well-rounded he hits very hard and uh i think if he keeps that at somewhat of a distance i think he will land shots in desanias and land that jab down through the middle as well and look, you always have that big kind of left hand from Desanias that he's looking for, uh, and the power and and I suppose the the experience of Desanias will be his biggest factors. I, I fancy Fizayev in that one, honestly. I, I think I think Desanias needs to do to Fizayev what he did to Pettis back in the day, and I'm not sure that Desanias exists anymore for a, a couple of different reasons, and we won't get into them. Um, and look, maybe he can do it, and he has looked better recently, but I um. I would favor Fazayev just in this one, but Dosanios is a, is a tough matchup for anyone. If he can kind of push him against the fence and make it dirty, and Lando's kind of dirty boxing shots inside, like Fazayev is good everywhere. He's good there as well. Not don't get me wrong. Um, and we we you know we break this fight down more. Obviously, in the preview show we're doing, we'll be doing live on YouTube. Uh, but uh, I'm I, I think Fazayev will, will win. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe I'll I'll watch another bit of tape and I will disagree with myself. But we, as I said, we'll talk about that more. Initially, Graham at the start of the week, how do you think that one will go? Yeah, I think Fizayev uh, should, you know, I think Desanyos is, is a good fighter and all, but I think his best days are behind him and I, I, I'd i expect Fizayev to get done here. Another one I'm very interested in though is Bryce Mitchell and Edson Barboza. I, like, I, don't, I just don't know how it's going to look. Like, how do you see this fight going down? Look, I uh, I think Barboza is very good takedown defense, but if he gets taken down early, it'll be tough for him. I think he will stop a few takedowns, though. And I think he'll hit Bryce Mitchell with a few shots. And Bryce Mitchell is the type of guy who is stupid enough. And I, when I say stupid now, I mean one of the stupidest people to ever live on fucking planet Earth. Never mind Justin MMA. And anyone who on Twitter can probably understand that. But I think he's stupid enough to kind of keep coming forward and walking into shots. And uh, if Barbosa keeps throwing him, which he often does to his own detriment at times, I think he could get the stoppage here. But, you know, Bryce Mitchell is a very good fighter despite he's fucking idiocy um i would probably just about favor bryce mitchell i think he'll get a few takedowns wear barbosa out but like barbosa it's weird because he hits really hard and kicks really hard but he doesn't have that many knockouts that you'd expect from someone who's like this murderous kicker and hitter and all but bryce mitchell feels like he'll be open for more so i think if barbosa can get it done early he has a massive chance but if not i think mitchell will wear him out and probably win the decision well, what do you think yeah uh, i'm interested to see if barbosa is going to try and you know spam the leg kicks 
or is he, is he worried about the takedowns? Like if he can, if he can take out that front leg, then you know I think, I think uh, Barbosa's underrated in terms yeah. of his all-rounded game. Like he's kind of seen as just a striker, and he's, I, uh, you know, I've been a been a fan of Barbosa for a long yeah. time. I think he's known, as you mentioned, he's known as a knockout artist because of a you know a couple of spectacular ones, but he, he hasn't really shown that. But I think if he can, if he can time those leg kicks, you know, he should be able to. To win this fight, but uh, yeah. it is—it's is a really tough one. It could go, could go a lot of ways. I think timing, maybe that knee uh, through the middle. You know, um, Marlon Moraes versus uh, was it um, was it Aljamain Sterling? Was that the fight? I, I think if Barboza like see yeah, Mitchell like a, through in, a kick knee a thing, kick knee, yeah, fine, yeah, that sort of thing. And Barboza's knocked a couple of people out with that as well, if I'm not mistaken. But if he sees him, you know, if he can time that knee coming in on a takedown, fucking like punt him in the face and the, and the way in that I honestly I think that's the way Barboza can win fights because he's the type of guy who will throw that kick and also be strong enough and athletic enough to kind of sprawl push him back all in kind of one motion because he kicks so hard and so sorry so fast more than hard um, so I'd be very interested Bryce Mitchell needs to be careful here very early in this fight because if you're going in there and you're looking for these naked takedowns against Barboza he will fucking make you pay so that's a that's probably the fight I'm most looking forward to on this card. Honestly, I think that's you know very interesting, very very good style matchup, and um, you know it'll be interesting for Kevin Holland as well. See if he can stop the takedowns against Oliveira. Oliveira is a guy who will go in and take you down a lot of the times, but some other times well, he's just like ah fuck it, I'll strike with you. So I do think he will try to take Holland down. How could you not after watching previous fights? Mm-hmm. But um, you know, and as I mentioned as well, those two uh, massive fights in 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 the women's divisions at 125, Moroz Agapova. You know, one of those two, whoever wins that will probably be fighting for the title in the next in the next year. And the same could be said and even quicker probably for Rodriguez versus Yan, two of the very, very top women in the world in that division. So um I'm really, really looking forward to, to those as well. And fuck Greg Hardy as always as well. So congratulations uh to uh to everyone in this card apart from Greg Hardy. Very good. Right. And Bryce Mitchell as well. Fuck him. So there you go. Uh Graham, anything left? To, to, have you anything left to say to the great voice in Irish MMA, Sean Jean, before we go? Or in yeah, MMA just, in general? Uh, I thought mentioned, uh, you know, when credit work credit's due, you know, Man United managed to get a good draw oh, no, there against a team who hammered them earlier on in the season. So, yeah, like, Come on, sheer Chelsea. progress Come on, there. Chelsea. Get, Come get on, Ross Chelsea. signed up to a 10-year deal. Give him, give him a lifetime contract. <laughs> after after everyone But another thing I want to say to you, like... Um, I know, like, Ronaldo's a legend, man, I don't know, but, like, building a statue of him on the pitch instead of outside the stadium is <laughs> a, bit, a bit strange. I'll give you that one, to be fair. That was a, that was a good one. You know, Stephen Gerrard had one name in his last season at Liverpool, I seem to remember as well. But <laughs> was anyway, like, no, fair to thought, it was actually a couple of moments in that game where Ronaldo was actually standing perfectly still for, like, like at least, like, 20 seconds. I'm, so, what uh, are you actually doing? I'm so glad I missed it, to be honest. There was... You know, I, we won't start in the way. I'm, I'm so glad I was on the way home. I was in fucking Ikea, and it was nearly less tortured than watching Man United. That's how fucking bad Man United are these is. But anyway... Uh, we leave it there, lads. A, a bumper podcast, an extra long episode this week. Uh, thank you to everyone for uh, for listening today and for supporting our work uh, throughout the week. Uh, it means a lot to us. We wouldn't be able to do it without everyone tuning in for years. It's you know the ten year anniversary of Severe MMA, um, and Graham has been doing those great podcasts over the last while, and we've been here for a long time. We'll continue to be there, and um, you know we do it for everyone listening, but we couldn't do it without you either. So uh, fair play to everyone and we had a lot of people obviously coming up and saying hello to us in, at the weekend and everything and if I didn't see you I know there was someone roaring at me and I didn't even hear them and they were like I was roaring at George so apologies if I if I didn't uh, if we didn't see you or anything but we met a lot of people we were talking to 
to Joe Corribly and and uh, Philly and a lot of the lads from over on uh, on the Patreon. So it was great to see him and uh, Harry Kearns as well. They, my guy, what a fucking legend! He's had a, a tough time recently, but it was great to see him out and and, and give him a big a big hug and everything like that as well. Um, a fucking a great man and and uh, a, a lot of great men around uh, and ladies as well on uh, on fight night. And it was great to see y'all. And uh, you know, a great night for Irish man. Respect to the fighters, uh, winners, losers, and all of them. It was it was brilliant to see him putting it all on the line for uh, for our entertainment. And um, you know, long may it continue, and uh, long may the big fights continue in Ireland. Right, we leave it there, lads. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening, watching all week, and supporting us. Um, and uh, we will uh, we will leave it there. Next, Graham, do you have a, do you have an inspirational quote? Do you have any quote for us? Irish yeah, blood, English heart. Is that what you're going to give us? A Morrissey quote. Go on. The sanest days are mad. Why don't you find out for yourself? True. We'll see you next Tuesday. Oh, actually, we might have something Tuesday this time. All right, we'll see you. Good luck. Bye.